Hello and welcome to the Society of Young Publishers first ever podcast. My name's Charlotte Parr, I'm the Multimedia Officer at the Oxford branch of the Society of Young Publishers and today I'm joined by the Oxford co-chairs Esther Morrison and April Peake who are going to be giving us a little bit of an insight into the society and everything it does. So welcome guys. Hello. Hi. Lovely to have you both with us today. Um, so just to start off with, can you tell us a bit about the Society of Young Publishers? Well, um, I guess to start with a little bit of spiel, it's a voluntary organisation. It's been running for a really long time now, since 1949, um, many years of great work. And the Society specifically, it's aimed at people in their first 10 years of either their publishing careers or their work in allied industries as well. And something that I think is great about the society is the fact that it's geared up not just for people who are working in the industry looking to progress, but people who want to get in it, um, as well as people who maybe want to sidestep as well and get the most out of their working careers. Um, there are branches in Oxford as well as London, the North, the Southwest, Ireland and Scotland. Um, and I don't know what, what you would say, Esther, but I think it's a widespread as well as an inclusive society. There's have local and digital opportunities, um, really aimed at people who um, are wanting to progress in publishing, however their journey needs to look. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that's interesting what you say about sort of widespread, um, especially in the light of current events. I think um, we have our different branches, but um, we have a lot going on to really make us a sort of a national organisation. Um, we're constantly teaming up with other branches. We've got the UK committee as well, who's going to all corners of um, the country to make sure that um, everyone is feeling um, included um, and heard and has the right opportunities. Um, so that's a really great mission. Definitely. And um, I guess that, that touching on that as well, um, you know, in ordinary circumstances where everyone isn't restricted to their, to their houses, you know, the different branches they'll work on um, a really interesting roster of events, whether it's speaker um, panels, whether it's socials, workshops and book clubs as well. So um, essentially what the SYP aims to do in its respective areas is to um, provide networking opportunities and to also give everyone um, the opportunity to learn more about the industry or increase their skill set. So um, work and fun. <laughs> Excellent. And obviously you guys are both from the Oxford branch. So what kind of stuff have we got going on in the Oxford branch at the moment? Um, so typically um, we kind of have a mixture of speaker events so these tend to be sort of either um, presentations or workshops that focus on um, specific skills needed to get into the industry or sort of uh, profile raising um, of the different aspects of the industry so uh, we recently had one um, from some literary agents came and told us about their line of work which is perhaps an aspect of publishing people don't think about and um, we've had a workshop on public speaking um, and then we also have a mixture of social events, which kind of informal networking opportunities. Obviously, people don't like the word networking and cringe away from it. So we try and create it and uh, make it as um, fun and relaxed as possible. So we might have um, just some drinks. We might organise some sort of quiz. Um, we also have our book club, which is um, obviously people that work in publishing are very um, book mad. So that's a good opportunity to just get together, get to know people um, and talk about a shared interest. Um, and then 
in addition to that, we also um, have a very sort of strong online presence. Um, so we have our social media channels. Uh, we recently did a Q&A on Twitter um, where all the committee members hopped on and answered different questions, which is really nice. Um, and obviously, with the way things are, uh, digital events are going to become um, more and more prevalent. Uh, so we're currently organising, sort of looking at the speaker events that we had coming up and working out how to create and uh, make a more digital uh, format. Uh, so stay tuned for those. So obviously you're both the co-chairs. What does that involve? Um, I, mean, I guess it's, yeah, Esther and I are responsible for managing the overall committee. Um, our committee are great. They're so full of ideas. They've, they've all got dedicated areas of responsibility. So, you know, they're making mine and Esther's job a lot easier, um, as well as um, ensuring that this year with the SYP is going to be a, a fun one. Um, so essentially the committee is made up of different officers. So we have some people who focus on communications, events, diversity, partnerships. Um, we have our hugely important student liaisons who um, you know, help us keep the finger on the pulse of what um, students need, as well as you know, including that really important community in, in our activities. Um, and we have a branch treasurer who mon monitors our finances. I guess what Esther and I do, um, we're, we're making the transition to digital, but we hold monthly committee meetings, we pick the biscuits that everyone eats. <laughs> Very important decisions that need to be made. We're trying not to go mad with that power. Um, <laughs> but you know, we're, we're just trying to do what what we can to make sure that everybody in these volunteer roles feels supported. We want um, you know, the events, the comms, whatever, to be um, all running successfully. And then Esther and I do a lot of work together as well to make sure that you know, we're doing what we can as a branch to maintain the society, to grow its membership, to really make sure that people know what we're doing and that we're um, staying in touch with the needs of our membership as well. Um, growing partnerships and something that's helped is that we're a point of continuity as well because Esther and I were on the last committee um, for 2019. I worked on the events and Esther um, was handling the, the communication side of things. So really it's um, a role where you're pulling everyone together but also making sure that everyone has what they need to be going off and doing their amazing jobs as well. And also another part of the um, thing is working with the central committee and talking to the other chairs and making sure sort of we're implementing their vision um, and also coming up with a few goals of our own um, for things that we want to achieve by the year and getting our team on board with that um, and they're all doing a fantastic job at the moment. Definitely. I mean, that's great to hear. Um, what are your, what's your favourite part of being part of the committee and being chairs? I really like being involved in the direction of the society. So being able to see what we're doing well from the previous years and kind of expand upon it, improve it, um, you know, as far as we're able. And something that, you know, is already coming to fruition, which is really satisfying, is that Esther and I were very keen to be a bit more location agnostic, to do more stuff on the digital side, to um, kind of experiment with multimedia offerings, which, you know, it's nice that we've had that head start in thinking about how we can be less centred and you know, a one room in Oxford, given that everyone's now limited to their houses. Yeah, and I think um, I just really love working with such a sort of dedicated, enthusiastic committee. Um, I also like 
taking ideas suggesting them to a group and then just seeing them come to fruition so this podcast for example is something that April and I were really keen to do at the beginning of the year but had no idea how to go about it and then obviously you Charlotte just took the idea and you you ran with it and it's actually happening um so sort of watching that is really inspiring um so yeah I think that's my favorite part and also you guys both work in publishing what was the first thing that drew you to that industry? This one's hard because it was kind of a slow journey. So when I was at university, I had no career aspirations whatsoever. Um, And I thought, this isn't good enough. I'm paying a lot of money to be here. I need to do something with this degree. Um, So I really just (laughs) went out and sort of tried to gather experience. I did some random placements, like I worked for the local council and I worked for sort of a website um what were they an expat website um so collected lots of experience and started looking at the skills that I enjoyed from those experiences and it was things like copywriting and editing things like that so I tried to then match that to different industries and publishing came to light so it's not a particularly light bulb moment um but then I think once I started then get experience and talk to people in publishing the thing that really sort of drew me to it was just how lovely everyone is and I think hopefully people have heard that already but the publishing industry is just generally so friendly and everybody wants to help you um, no matter sort of what stage in your career you're at um, and I think that that's really what sealed the deal for me. Yeah I guess um, I wasn't completely sure what I wanted to do um, after I finished my course at uni and um, you know like a lot of English students I kind of dabbled in extracurricular activities I got quite involved in student journalism I did a placement um, with the Sunday Times actually and I and I thought it seemed like a really interesting job getting to write but I enjoyed the editing side of it as well and I also got the sense a little bit that you know working as a freelance reporter would be quite quite a difficult job it's quite a cutthroat industry just because it's so competitive whereas I was quite struck when I did an um, informal work placement in publishing, like how nice and how friendly everybody is. As, as Esther was saying, you do you get a sense when you spend even a little bit of time in a, in a publishing office environment, just how um, it's a creative role. It's also commercial, but then everybody is so friendly and nice that it, it kind of feels quite satisfying on lots of different, lots of different ends. Um, and then I guess the other thing was that uh, while I was doing my, my, degree I realized that I didn't want to stay on and do a master's I didn't feel like I um, was particularly built for that sort of work but I did really like the university environment and so when I discovered academic publishing I thought it was a nice way to continue and stay connected with academia without um, needing to be really brainy. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely it's a good good route to go down (laughs) Um, and now that you've made it into publishing what do you do can you tell us a bit about your day jobs what what do you do when you're not chairing the SYP um so I my official title is portfolio marketing executive which is more broadly known as a senior marketing executive um I work at Oxford University Press um with academic journals um it's definitely not where I expected to end up but um I really really love it 
And I guess sort of to sum up my role, I'm sort of responsible for marketing um, a list of journals in the humanities disciplines. Um, and I do everything from sort of planning their annual strategies to then implementing their individual campaigns. And then sort of another aspect is it is a client management aspect um, because we work with a lot of um, learned societies. So it's about building relationships with them and working with them to promote their journals. Um, and actually, I'm sort of learning that I really enjoy the client relationship side of things, um, which came as a surprise to me. And I think it just goes to show that you're always learning things, not just new skills, but things about yourself as well. Um, so I'm excited to kind of see where that takes me. That's super exciting. And what about what about you? Know, you do something that's very different, April. You work in editorial, don't you? Yes, I do. So I'm um, I'm an academic books commissioning editor at Bloomsbury. I actually used to work at, at OUP as well. You tend to find in publishing that everyone has crossed paths and been working, you know, in the same job or in the same place. So it's it's a very small world in that respect. Um, but but my job as a commissioning editor it involves really a lot of um, external interactions. So going out to conferences, representing. Um, the business kind of finding authors doing market research and working out what books are needed on on your list and then um, really commissioning new products developing um, those book ideas with with the authors so a huge part of the role is actually author care and building relationships and and so on and then kind of zooming out to more big picture kind of managing the list whether it's the books that are publishing in the in the next year whether it's books that have published and are forming the backlist um really kind of monitoring their success building um a brand and a, a list identity and um also there's an element of line management as well so i work with an editorial assistant and that's part of the role that i find really fulfilling getting to um kind of pass on what maybe I've learned um, to someone else and give them development opportunities and work together in a team environment to to get the job done. And are there any kind of projects that you've worked on throughout your career that you're particularly proud of? I think I've worked on um, quite a few interesting series at, at different publishers as well. So when I was at AUP I worked on the philosophy list and even though it's a world leading academic list there is a trade series called a history of philosophy which um, is really a book that's produced and written in a way where you know the average person who doesn't have um, official training in philosophy to PhD level or, or below um, you know they could pick it up and learn what this philosopher said and how that started the canon or what the traditions of the of the discipline are and it, it sounds I've made it sound really dry but actually it's such <laughs> an exciting um book series it spans the whole of um the history of philosophy it's still ongoing so it's an open-ended series and it's written in such a way where it's so funny it's engaging and it's a great example of how you can publish um really reputable academically rigorous texts but they don't have to be dry dusty books kept in a bookshelf they can be pop art colored paperbacks that you know people on the street are interested in as well what about you esther do you have any particular projects that you've worked on that you're especially proud of i suppose i've worked on a lot of different sort of disciplines um so I started on economics, I moved on to philosophy and I'm now on linguistics and things. Um, I suppose, actually, my favourite was probably philosophy as well. Um, 
<laughs> predominantly for the reasons that they're just so engaged and as a marketer that's really validating when you put content out there um, and philosophers actually like it um, and I just feel you could really say so Twitter for example is a very good platform for them and you can put things out there and it's, you kind of feel like you're contributing to a sense of community um, and you do start to pick up things so I had no background in philosophy whatsoever and yet I've come away knowing key philosophical terms um, which I think is a fun thing about I mean I'm in, not an expert but I've learned things in economics and I've learned things about philosophy linguistics is still a bit new to me but I'm hoping to pick up a few things I think that's kind of the excitement um, about working on journals. I think something that's also a great introduction to philosophy Twitter is actually um, The Good Place, the series on, on Netflix, because it's led to so many memes and it's just a really great experiment, living experiment almost of, um, you know, you take these philosophical theories that, you know, might sound really dry if you just refer to them by their discipline terms, but actually the series sees those theories played out in practice. And, you know, I think that's something that, um, has done the rounds on the philosophy Twitter and it just is really an exciting, it must be really exciting to see how as a marketer when you put out that content how it's received by these very active people on social media. Yeah I think there's a point there sort of talking about publishing in general that both you and I have made is that academic publishing is often seen as the the second option. I think most people want to go into sort of fiction especially young adult fiction or children publishing um, and academics kind of a bit like meh but there are definitely still sort of fresh takes on academic publishing it doesn't have to be as you said like dry and boring um, so do keep your options open and be open-minded. I love academic publishing for, for that reason kind of like you Esther I've worked on different disciplines I've, I've worked on psychology books, philosophy books, um, I now work on art history and visual culture titles um but really with every job that I've done I feel like I've learned not everything but just a little bit of the discipline and it's always been something that's been hugely interesting um so it's, it's nice to be contributing I think in the bookmaking progress to these really important bits of research that mm -hmm. are um changing the way people think or um study yeah there's some really really good points you're making there I think again having had a background in academic publishing, very different working in um, evolutionary biology and, uh, and life sciences. It's very different to what you guys have done, but it is still that. I still have that same sense of excitement at um, being able to publish this sort of groundbreaking research. I think there's a lot more to academic publishing than I think a lot of people think. Definitely. Um, Definitely. So what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in publishing looking for their first job i think kind of related to what we were just saying um it's important to be open-minded so lots of no matter what you do in publishing your experience will be transferable so if you see a position that seems like it could be interesting but it's not your dream subject area or your dream product type it's it's tempting to hold out for the perfect opportunity but that that might not come up and actually starting out in a different position to what you imagined can really help you push the limits learn more and get you get your foot in the door that bit sooner 
Yeah, and building on that, I think my thing to just um, get experience and talk to people because the more the more you can get inside a publishing house, then the more people you can talk to. Um, the wider your understanding of the industry is and that will open so many doors in terms of um, working out where you think you fit into the um, industry and and what skills you need to match that and as I said April mentioned transferable skills but um, they really are key and I think when it comes to sort of looking at job descriptions um, and writing applications and interviews having sort of a couple of examples for each point of description of how you demonstrate that skill whether it's within a publishing setting or not um, is really going to be sort of what draws um, people's attention to you. I think speaking to people is is such a helpful way as well of doing your research and preparing yourself for um, the job the job hunting process because I know that I when I was starting out I found it really difficult to work out you know where where do I begin there are so many companies um, different in like, sub industries within within publishing you've got to pick you know do I want to do trade do I want to do academic okay there are all of these publishers and then the job titles differ from company to company which makes it quite difficult to orientate yourself and really I think doing whatever research you can whether it's speaking to people which is the kind of fun way of doing it and getting getting a sense of what's ahead and getting to know a bit more about the industry and work out if it's the, if it's the right fit for you, you you can do that through conversations and you can also do that through research so by keeping an eye on the job boards for a while before you start looking you can get a sense of what um what the entry-level roles are of what how much they pay if it's mm-hmm. if it's advertised on on the board as well and it can help you feel a bit more confident when you're starting out because you know the lay of the land a bit more and maybe that's where we should say that I think the SYP comes in um to play at that point because that's where we can really help um support people for example we have the jobs board which is open to mm-hmm. um, members and they focus solely on sort of early career positions and uh, the SYP won't advertise anything that doesn't have a salary attached to it um, so you'll always know where you stand there um, we also have the the toolkit and the blog post so the blog post is accessible to all and the toolkit is sort of a bit more in-depth resources um, for members so lots of information but also just come along to events talk to people there as we said everyone's really friendly so definitely and we try to do a mix of events that um, appeal to people who are just starting out or people who maybe are in an entry-level position but are interested in sidestepping or they really just want to get that first taste of the publishing industry and then um, you know they're still open-minded about which way their career direction will go into I think there are, there are loads of opportunities with, with our events, with workshops to find out more about what's on offer and also to kind of increase your skill set. Um, if, you, if you're a member, you can make use of those benefits that, that Esther mentioned, whether it's a toolkit, whether it's other things that we, we put on. Like we have, um, we have annual conferences, which are great mm-hmm. information gathering um, periods. So uh, the Oxford branch shares the responsibility for the conference with London and so it alternates venues but essentially if you can get there on the day then you hear from a whole host of industry professionals you get the opportunity quite often to take your CV in to people who can look over it and give you advice and I think if you if you have that day to spare if you've got the opportunity to go along then it's a really great way to kick start um, 
the information gathering period, which has made it sound really boring, but it's also a nice opportunity to meet people um, and to start networking without even realizing that you're networking. Exactly. And as we've already established, everyone in publishing is absolutely lovely. So <laughs> not, not as scary as, as you think it is. Definitely not. So you're saying about SYP events, what kind of stuff have you got coming up on the horizon? The team is so busy. There's, it's quite difficult almost to keep track of, um, you know, which, which event idea is coming up next, because we're, we're trying to be a bit more innovative as well with, um, you know, given that we, we can't do in-person events, but also we want to make sure that we're reaching out to as wide an audience as possible. So I think we've got an event on diversity in the pipeline, which um, mm -hmm. is something we've been wanting to do for quite a long time. And it's a real hot topic in the industry as well as an important um, matter for everyone to familiarize themselves with. So I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've also got an event on bookselling coming up and that's going to be quite a unique one to do with different perspectives within that kind of allied industry and it's um, there's a really great set of people lined up to be involved in that so watch the space. Mm -hmm. And then we've just launched our virtual book club as well um, so obviously we've had to suspend the in-person book club so we have a Facebook page now and lots of people are just sharing what they're reading now um, and their thoughts on the different books and I think we'll have more sort of structured uh, discussions once a month um, so we're keeping those channels open. I think it's a great motivator for getting through your quarantine reading wish list. I know I'm being a bit more productive when I, when I know that um, you know there's, there's potential to check in with other people and discuss what I'm reading. It's, it's really nice to still feel connected to people in the industry and just people in general. Yeah, definitely. I know that. Uh, I know that knowing that I'm reading the same thing as other people, it's it's kind of bringing us, still bringing us together. <laughs> well, thank you so much, both of you, for your time. It's been lovely to speak to you and get your insight into the industry. Don't forget to check out SYP Oxford on Twitter at SYP underscore Oxford and on our Instagram as well, where we have some great mini book reviews to give you some reading inspiration while you're in lockdown. To keep up to date with all things SYP, please sign up to our newsletter on the SYP website at thesyp.org.uk. Can't wait to see you guys again soon.